Hello and welcome to the second episode of Peel, a PMQ pizza podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Pogikar, senior editor with PMQ. Very excited to be here with you today. Our special guest today is Joey Carvelis, who's the founder and co-owner of Carvelis Pizza Company. Joey has kind of an incredible story. He, he bought a pizzeria 10 years ago. It used to be the pizzeria's father owned, but somebody in between their ownership stints had kind of run into the ground. Joey's now brought that back from the dead, but he's also grown the brand to five locations, soon to be six locations when they open up their six next month. So he kind of gets into that and how he's grown the brand. One of the ways he's grown the brand is a very inventive usage of social media. He was kind of doing video before that was widespread and a lot of pizzerias were doing it and he was doing it in really kind of interesting and engaging ways. Um, That's also (laughs) helped him moonlight now as a big TV star, uh, which is a little bit tongue in cheek, but he... He's actually going to be a part of the Atlanta Eats show, which airs on Peachtree TV. You can also check it out on YouTube. He's going to be doing five-ish minute segments each episode um, with somebody who he got hooked up with there. And that's kind of where our conversation starts is um, what to expect from that and kind of what the process of filming it has been like. So Joey was all too happy to share uh, what that's been like. So after our conversation with Joey, we'll be doing a U.S. Pizza Team check-in with Brian Hernandez. That discussion kicks off with me asking Brian some some of those questions that like you're you feel like you should know the answers to, so you're a little scared to ask them. But I thought that that would be a really good way, or a really good excuse for me to ask the questions would be um, you kind of getting to know the U.S. Pizza Team along with me and uh, kind of what their mission is, what they do, where they'll be the next uh, few weeks. So, and one of those places is the International Pizza Expo in Las Vegas. If you're going to be there, please come say what up. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast at all, please rate, review, subscribe. It would mean a lot to us. Here we go. Joey Carvelis. I just wanted to start with your TV show um, that's going to debut soon. Do you want to talk about that a little bit first? You can tell us what it's called and where people can find it, what creating it was like. Uh, I met up with a fellow named Steak Shapiro. He's the host for Atlanta Eats. He's a pretty big, big deal up in Atlanta in the state of Georgia. Uh, He's got a pretty big following. He's been on Food Network as a judge uh, and, and some other stuff. And we linked up, he, he like reviewed, he put our, our business uh, on TV a couple times. And then he, he got in touch with me. He was like, hey, I did some cooking shows like at my house during COVID. And uh, he loved them. He's like, look, I need to get something else on my show. Would you be interested in kind of getting on here with me? And um, you creating this uh, like restaurant secret show, whatever. So there's more stuff coming down the pipeline, but this, the restaurant secret segment is, it's going to be about a five minute segment on the Atlanta Eats show every week uh, for a year. I'll be wow. on there Saturday and Sunday on Peachtree TV. So it's, it's more of a local, it's in this whole state of Georgia. It kind of gets outside of Georgia a little bit. Sure. But a lot of viewers, a lot of viewers, and that that's probably going to kick off in Feb- this month maybe early March. Uh, I hadn't heard back yet, but we've got all the filming done. It was a, a lot of filming, but, um, but man, we've had some really good stuff come out and they're excited about doing some, some more stuff in the future too. 
That's great. And we'll, we'll throw some links up in the show notes to this podcast. Um, so when people are listening to it, hopefully it's already launched by then and uh, people will be able to find it. I'm sure it, it'll be on YouTube as well. Is that what you just said? It's on YouTube. So if you, you know, you won't be able to, if you're out of state, you can still watch it on YouTube. Cool. Yeah. cool. And those are the longer, they'll be a little bit longer on YouTube. The, the TV's show is going to be a little bit shorter. Nice. And so, so what does restaurant secret mean? Like, are you going, are you like reviewing other restaurants or are you just kind of sharing some tips and tricks okay. or like, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in my restaurant, in my kitchen, and I'm okay. teaching how to make dough uh, at home. You know, really good pizza shop dough, really good tomato sauce, you know, yeah. authentic way to make New York style pizza, kind of what I'm doing. Um, uh, different ways you can use your dough. You can use it to make zeppelis or, or calzones, pizzas. Sure. Um, I make some pasta dishes with the tomato sauces out of that, that one can of tomatoes that I show, like the San Marzano tomato. Just just cooking, uh, showing you secrets and tips that we use in the kitchen, in the restaurants, that you can use at home and feel like a real chef. <laughs> That's right. You probably open up your own restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> um so th that's great, man. And we're looking forward to that. And like I said, you know, we'll, we'll shout that out and everything. Um, I, I guess I, I want to go back to the beginning though, with you, uh, Joey, if you would. And, um, it, you know, you took over a pizzeria or you bought out your dad, right? A, a, a pizzeria he'd owned for about 20 years, uh, about 10 years ago now. Um, t tell me about what it was like. Oh, okay. He actually had a stroke in, uh, 2008. Okay. And and he was retired or, you know, he had retired from FedEx. So he had to sell the restaurant. I didn't, I didn't have any money back then. I was younger. So, so the pizza place got sold to somebody else and it was pretty depressing. It's like, damn, all my family business is gone. Oh. And um, so, so in 2013, my dad passed away before he talked, before he died, you know, he's like, you really, look, I got a criminal history. I got caught with drugs. I was a drug addict when I was younger, when in my 20s, early 20s, teens and 20s. I ended up going to prison. I got out of prison, went to rehab. When I got out of all that stuff, my dad's like, you you ain't never going to get a damn job anywhere, man. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, you have screwed your life up. I'm like, yeah, he's like, you need to go open your own business. You know how to do pizza, but you need to go learn from somebody really, really good at pizza. And so, you know, I took his advice. I went work for some people. So 2014, after his death, the pizza shop was about to go out of business. And that's, I went to that guy that owned it. I was like, hey, man, let me buy the shop from him. Yeah. And I, I didn't have any money. And, and uh, he said, okay. So I went out and I found people and I, and somebody gave me the money to do it. Wow. Wow. I did, I did not realize all of that. So um, that's, that's pretty amazing. That's a pretty amazing story. So, but did you grow up in the shop? Like when your dad did own it? Um, and, and like, Oh yeah. 12 well, years old. 12 years old. I was, I was the one in there, you know, washing the dishes and then uh, just seeing the whole operation of cleaning everything. I didn't really get to make pizzas right away. Uh -huh. but, uh, I kind of moved my way up. I would get off the school bus and, you know, we do our homework there before we opened. Yeah. Open until five. And um, and then we jump right in there and start working. It sucked as a kid, you know, you had to work. <laughs> right. But the, the food was good. You know, you got you got to eat pizza. And living in my house was six of us, so there wasn't a lot of food to go around. So having that restaurant, it was like, <laughs> I'm going to work. Right. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. So when did when did you start making pizza and like did you take to it? Like were you kind of a natural or was that never your thing? 
Well, I mean, I, I really developed a passion, uh, just a big interest. I was a terrible student, uh, never did good in school. I was good in sports, but I failed out, ended up dropping out of high school, got in the wrong crowd. But I love, I love cooking. I love cooking. I love to, I love pizza. I became like extremely like proud of, you know, I'm a, I'm a really good pizza maker. Yeah. And I, and I had desires all through school to have my own pizza shop. I literally, man, in school, I was not doing my work. I was, I would be building menus, you know, what I'm going to do. People's going to wear, this is the uniform, this is the size restaurant. It's, it's like, you know, a, a young kid. That's, that was my aspirations, you know? So, yes, I loved it, man, so much. I probably started making pizzas when I was 14 years old. And uh, I was, I was good at it, you know? I, at least I thought it was. Maybe I, <laughs> I thought it was. So, so you, you find an investor and, and you buy back the shop, which must've been a huge source of pride for you. Um, especially a year after your dad passed, that must've been emotional too. I mean, um, trying to kind of reclaim that, uh, that, that shop, I'm sure. Yeah, man. I mean, it was, look, all the stuff that I had been through, yeah. through, through prison, through, through rehab, um, thinking my life was never going to be anything. And then having this opportunity to have something for myself, for my family, it was overwhelmingly exciting and, and emotional. And, and there was a lot of tears, just happiness, you know, thinking I'm, I'm going to go here and I am going to succeed. I will not fail at this. I'm going to give everything I've got. And, and I did, I went after it, man. And it was, it, it was so much fun and people were coming from all over 800 square foot building. I got the thing. I got the whole building. It was falling apart. I mean, yeah. probably, should. but it had a pizza oven and it had a deep fryer in it. 800 square foot. I bought the building, everything. The guy sold to me for $20,000. Wow. <laughs> so that's why the guy gave me the money. And he's like, this Joey knows he can do this. I mean, if he yeah. failed, only 20 grand. That's the way I look at it now. You know, I, I, 20 grand to me back then was like millions of dollars, you know? Right. <laughs> pretty, pretty, uh, who was to trust me like that? Who was this benefactor? Like who who had that much faith in you at that point? So he he's a family friend. His name is Barry Morgan. He's a yeah. uh, doctor Morgan. Um, he he saw it. He he trusted me. You know, yeah. and I'm very very thankful for him. He he's always helped me out. Even yeah. when I was a little kid, I'd go. God, he would. You know, I would go to his house. He bought this property, and I would go out there and, and cut trees and limbs and clean up his property for me. Pay me by the hour. So even at, you know, 11 years old, I'm out there working at his house and, you know, for extra money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so from the very beginning, um, you use Facebook. I saw somewhere, actually it was, it was on the PMQ site. I was reading a story that you did with Brian Hernandez, an interview. And, um, you were, you were talking about how you didn't like to write. So you just started doing video and, uh, that was immediately effective and, and a really a way that you built up the business. Right. And, um, what were some of the things you, you focused on to like make that content engaging? You know, I really wanted people to see what I was doing. I wanted to see the, you know, I wanted to know about my food. I wanted to explain to them because not everybody was coming in. So I felt like if I could get out there and just tell them what I'm doing, show them what I'm doing, uh, maybe they'll come in. They'll be interested in it. So, that, I mean, yeah, I hated writing a time. You just pull out your phone and like, hey, I'm making pepperoni pizzas today. Check it out. It looks good. <laughs> I, would, I would get a little more in detail about it. But um, 
it, it worked, man. People were people were liking it and sharing it, and they were coming in and saying, "I saw you on Facebook. You gonna cook that tonight? Yeah, come on." <laughs> That's fantastic, and um, I it. I, I feel like it's fair to say that you were a little bit ahead of your time because back then my memory of it and correct me if I'm wrong was like most places were just doing a picture with some words and now it's like you go on any pizzeria's Instagram and it's like just video and very few words right so um did you immediately find that um that was like a really successful way to do things and did you see other pizzerias kind of following suit after that you know I didn't I didn't really I would follow other pizzerias I always, always have, um, but I didn't really see anybody do it. There was a few people like in other states, but social media back there, back then, I feel like nobody was really hitting on it. It was just pictures and it wasn't many posts. So the really, where I really got the benefit was when I started boosting the posts mm. and like on the weekend, say like I hit a post for a hundred bucks. And, um, man, I just, it was crazy numbers. I would, I would do an additional seven, $800 that night or that, you know, each night, Friday and Saturday. So for a hundred bucks, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this every weekend. That's quite the ROI. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was significant. Yeah. Um, how much did that, how much did your marketing arm grow in those, in those early days and how much did that propel you on to, you know, now you have five locations. Is it, is that correct? Yeah. About to open our sixth uh, next month. Okay. And, um, how much did you rely on that, um, to, to help grow the business and how quickly did you start growing? When did you open the second location in 2018? Yeah. Um, I think 2019 was the second location. Okay. But, you know, word of mouth is the biggest thing still. I feel like sure. getting people to talk about you and, and, you know, that's the biggest thing. But the, but I, I realized like on social media, it's like this extra piece. And, you know, it, it gets people to talk about you more, it gets them to think about you more. So, I mean, I, I really felt like, you know, if I want to super boost my popularity, Nobody's doing what I'm doing around here. Nobody's doing this type style pizza or just homemade really good, like New York style pizza. People will go crazy unless you get it out. Just get the word out. There's already a few people talking about it. Let's let's soup, let's like really boost this. So that was the kind of the the vision behind it was to just, you know, speed that process up, that word of mouth process up. Yeah. That makes sense. And how much of that do you think lent itself to you doing a TV show now? Like, like, did that make you more of a natural for the camera? And do you, do you just kind of feel more comfortable in front of cameras or have you always felt that way? No, I haven't. And I still get nervous, but I mean, nothing like I used to, like when I was doing videos, I, I was doing videos before I was managing a cafe uh, called Sage cafe before Carmela's pizza. And uh, I would do videos on there and it, and it really didn't hit. I would get discouraged, but because I didn't get a lot of hits on it was a terrible location, but, but uh, I just kept going. And I, I remember Dr. Morgan, he actually owned that. He was like, this is the, this is the way, what you have to do. I mean, this is the free stuff. Like you realize what we pay in marketing for what we're doing. Like, this is free. Just do it. I'm like, okay. So I kept, I kept going after it because it was free, man. It's, it's a free way to market your business. Yeah. 
hundred percent. Um, in 2018, I, I believe I read your, your two brothers came on board. <laughs> I, uh, I, I have a brother. I have a very close relationship with him. I'm not sure I could imagine running a business with him. <laughs> I'm sure that that's both a blessing and a curse on some level. Um, what, what are some of the highs and lows of working with your brothers? And, and I guess maybe like what, what are their roles within the organization at this point and what's yours? Well, I think that, you, you know, growing up with your brothers, I mean, you, you have a good relationship with, you know, them, so that's a bonus, you yeah. know, and you, you already know that like going into business with somebody that you don't know, um, you have to learn them. You got to learn their personalities. Sure. You really have to kind of tiptoe on how you, how you do things, which is, which can be a good thing, right? You're, you're forced uh, to, to be a better person like that, but, but your family, you already know the people. So that's that you're already ahead. And um, you, I've learned that, you know, because I never was in business with anybody before all this, that you have to stay in your lane. You got to stay in what you're good at. You can't try to control everything like I was doing in the beginning. And that was your upsetting people. Because my brothers were very, they're very smart and they're good at what they do. And it's like, let them do what they do and everything's fine. You know, if, if you got somebody telling you, Hey, you shouldn't be doing doing stuff like this. It's gonna be irritating. You're like, you're you're grown. <laughs> so so I think that's the key with anything, but with brothers, I mean with family, you, you have to stay in your lane. And what I do now, I used to, you know, obviously I, I started it, so I did I did everything, but it's a much bigger scale now. And uh, obviously I, I created the menu, I built the menu from the ground up and anything with the food, the, the, the purchasing of the food, um, like like trying to switch over from U.S. foods to PFG, or if we have to make a change on any kind of product, and I'm involved in all that. Um, operational, you know, that's my brother, my oldest brother, Manny. He's kind of over the, the entire operation, the leadership team. Um, Charlie, uh, my other brother, my youngest brother, he is uh, – He's involved with the operation. He works side by side with Manny, but he's more of the, you know, the, the person who uh, builds the, the customer experience. He, but he's he's got a little bit of everything right now. He's, he's kind of the, the, the guy that's the workforce right now. If, if you, you know, because we've gotten so big. So we need to, we probably need to kind of figure out some other stuff with that, like to give him some help. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But I handle the marketing side. I've got people that I, I trust to do it, but uh, I have the vision for the marketing. Um, I kind of, you know, lay out the, the groundwork for that. Uh, I help grow the business uh, in new locations, find new, new territories. But I work with our, our, my brothers on that and, and get their feedback on it. But they, they trust me to do that. They want me to do that, which is nice. You know, I mean, it's nice to be trusted. And, um, uh, you know, Manny handles the bills and the, the day-to-day stuff. Charlie, you know, he like I said, he helps. We also have a guy named Alan that, that uh, he's kind of like our, one of our executives. He's, he's man, he's been so good. He come from FedEx. Uh, he actually retired from FedEx. He came in to do this with us. And he's just built our our HR department, which we have somebody running up now. He's he's building, you know, all the, the scheduling and everything for our whole entire company. So he's, he's been a huge asset. Yeah. I noticed on y'all's website that you have, um, your three wives are, are introduced on the website as well. You know, headshots and kind of bios of them. Uh, how involved are they in the business and, and, uh, what made you want to sort of represent them on the, on the website as well? 
Well, that was just something we did five years, four years ago, five years ago, and we've not updated it yet. But you know, it was just we were we definitely they were involved. My wife was involved. You know, my brother's wives were involved heavily in the beginning to get this thing rolling. Yeah. So you know, when we did that, they were they were a little bit more involved. Now they're not. They they don't have anything to do with it. I mean, obviously they support us, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were absolutely my wife, man, you know, she was in there before I brought anybody on. It was just me and her. She she would bring our we have five kids now. And uh, but you know, we had one when I first when I first started it. She was about six months. And uh, she would bring her up there in a backpack, you know, and she'd serve people. <laughs> so uh, but the, yeah, all of them have served and the, they made their little tips, which helped us out because money wasn't great back then, you know, it was, yeah. it was, so the extra money helped, but now it's, it's definitely grown and, and they're able to ride around their nice cars if they want. <laughs> well, good for them. I like that. Um, and raise our kids, right? They, they're able to be at home with our kids. Sure. Um, so you're opening your sixth location next month. Um, how big are you trying to grow this thing? And um, do you would you ever consider franchising or anything like that? Um, what's what's the growth plan? You know, I don't think we have one. I think it sounds crazy. You'd think we'd be smarter than that, but I mean, I would <laughs> like to get to, to like ten um, personally, ten or twelve uh, with our team, with who we have now. Um, and I've, I've looked at maybe going into private equity or sure franchising you know um I, and i've looked at franchising and i just i feel like it's there's a, it's another business that you have to really manage and operate and put a lot of time into it so that, that scares me because i would probably be the one doing it and uh i don't know if i would go after it really hard and heavy maybe i need a few more years sure to to you know figure out everything that i'm doing you know find the right people to do that and then then go after it so so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of doing it one year at a time, man. You know, if a location comes up, it's a good opportunity for us. Let's do it. Let's go get it. You know, that's that's kind of where we're at right now. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, on your website, you describe your pizza as East Coast pizza in the dirty south. I'm quoting there. Um, yeah. It's a it's a great description, by the way. Um, but what does that mean to you? What's, what's East Coast pizza and how have you sort of made it Southern? So I, I worked for a guy named Gavin Moyer out of Knoxville, Tennessee, for okay. a while. He, man, he was he grew up in Long Island, uh -huh. and, and so he brought he brought Long Island to Knoxville. He's got several shops that he's opened and sold, and they're still doing his food. And he just taught me a lot about pizza. I worked for him for he was one of my biggest inspirations and mentors in the pizza business, and I, I just learned so much from him and very thankful for him. And uh, obviously I've worked for other people, very talented people, but he's the one that I just, I just loved his product. And uh, so once I, you know, did my own thing, that was definitely some stuff I learned from him. I wanted to bring to my brand, my restaurant. And over the years, I worked with a lot of broken equipment, refrigerators that, that didn't cool and my dough would just blow up and, but in Georgia, man, there's a lot of humidity here. And, and you know, you have to really control your dough if you want it to be a certain type. So I've taken advantage of the humidity. We definitely take advantage of our humidity here. And we have this particular dough that just, 
it has a, a texture to it that's just unmatched. It's so delicious. The flavors are just, it's almost like a sourdough. It's a New York style pizza, like thin, crispy. It's chewy. It tastes kind of like an English muffin. It's got little pops of blisters around it, like, like cracker blister. Man, it's just, it's so unique. So I'm like, dude, you can't get this anywhere but the South, the dirty South. <laughs> That's right. Um, when you say without, I, I'm not trying to make you reveal any company secrets here or anything like that. But when you say use the humidity, what what does that mean? There's just a lot of humidity here. So, I mean, you know, we, we take advantage of leaving our dough out to kind of, you know, you know, get bigger. And in the summertime, you can't leave it out long because it's, it's hot. It's humid, man. I mean, that dough will just. Sure. In the wintertime, it's still humid, very humid. So we like to leave it out a lot longer in the wintertime. We don't stick it in the refrigerator as much in the wintertime. Huh. We leave it out a lot more. I mean, we can leave our dough out all night, you know, like in it, when you come in, like, I mean, literally you make it, you know, at night, leave it out all night, come back. It's, it is awesome. And then we'll roll it back in the cooler and kind of let it do its thing. But we can, we can start using it after that. And yeah. typically we make dough all the time. I mean, we, we constantly have a schedule how we make it, but I mean, we, it's, and there's rotations, you know, dough coming out every day in each store. And typically, you know, it's two to four days. That sweet spot's about three days where we use it. And it's, it's, man, it's, it's so good. I love that. Um, the next store will be located where, where is it Sonoya, opening? Georgia. Say it again. Sonoya. Okay. It's where they pull the walking dead at. Oh, <laughs> interesting. You can, you can get in on that market, the zombie market, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, do, do you have any aspirations to expand into Atlanta? Are you pretty comfortable in the suburbs? Um, it seems like... I do. Yeah, okay. I love to get to Atlanta. Yeah. And we have, you know, looked at some places, or a place up there. It didn't work out. Uh, you know, just the numbers did not work out. But yeah, man, I would love to get 10 or 12 pizzerias in Atlanta. But, you know, I'm just a small town boy, you know, like I'm still, I'm still just a little guy. And, and I, and I do feel like we have the team now. That's, that's the secret to me is your team. Yeah. You can have this unbelievable food, but I mean, if you don't know how to, you know, you know, manage people and grow a team and hire, I mean, that stuff, and that's, I feel like that over the 10 years, we really, just kind of dial that in. It's like, let's, let's you know, a couple more years, man, we're going to be able to do whatever we want, you know, like, so it, it takes time to, to get there, but I think we're there, man. We're, we're right there. I love it. Um, last question, Joey, and thank you again for, for taking time to do this. Um, right before we hopped on the call, you said you, you were up to 170 team members total. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's unbelievable. When, when you were incarcerated, uh, if somebody had come to you and told you, you know, in, in 15, 20 years, you'll, you'll own six pizzerias, employ 170 people and be pretty comfortable. What would you have said to that? I believe you. <laughs> yeah. I would have said, I believe it. You know, I, I've always felt, had this, this tremendous, like just calling on my life where I felt, even though I went through all this stuff, I got down, trust me, but I really feel like God would just say, hey, everything's going to be all right. Mm. And my mom was a big supporter in that. But 
But yeah, to your point, it would have been, I would be like, I don't know, man. That sounds crazy, but I believe you. <laughs> I love that, man. Let's end on that. Um, Joey, Joey Carvelis, founder, co-owner of Carvelis Pizza, U.S. Pizza team member. Uh, we really appreciate you, buddy. And uh, you have one of the best stories in the business and one of the best up and coming brands in the business. One to watch for everybody out there. So thanks again for doing this today, man. Hello and welcome to the U.S. Pizza Team check-in for February 2024. We're here with Brian Hernandez, the director of the U.S. Pizza Team. Uh, Brian, how long have you been doing that? Uh, I got my job at PMQ in 2011, end of 2011. So 13 years, 12, 13 years. So he's a season. 12 and a half. He's a seasoned vet. And uh, how many members are there currently of the U.S. pizza team? I'm going to ask some questions that I legitimately don't know the answers to, but probably should. So it'll be fun for the listeners as well. <laughs> well, currently, and you know, I, honestly, I don't know the exact number because uh, there are uh, quite a few. And basically, uh, we have a council. So we got nine. We have upwards of 30 to 40 people. Yeah, the, who are competing consistently on the on the U.S. Pizza team? Um, our council consists of about nine guys who I don't want to say make uh, the decisions for the team, but uh, we basically all of us kind of get together and decide what's you know what's good for the team of the team by the team for the team. Um, so at this point, we have two tier systems: one's a premier member, uh, and they have the black chef coats, and those guys we have about fifteen to twenty. I think it's twenty at this current point. And then another 20 or so like competing members who are working their way up. So um, we've got a lot of representation out there uh, all across the, the country. Um, we're looking to get some of these members to be out there and be active a little more, uh, you know, so, but that, you know, we also want to give them that support to do so. It's, it's, it's a partnership, you know, that's right. I'm going to sit there and wag my finger and say, get out and do stuff. So um, <laughs> that's what we're trying to build up here with this partnership with WTWH is get a lot more support for the members and the pizzerias um, and get, you know, get them out there front and center and let the country see them. Yeah. And what, what is the mission of the U S pizza team? If you could sum it up competition through camaraderie and raising the industry. So basically we, um, the mission is to, make the best pizza we can on the independent side across the nation and be able to showcase that through competition. Um, and through that, be able to teach other people, um, so that we can spread it. I mean, cause that's the one thing I hear from everybody who competes is one of the best benefits of competing is seeing all the different competitors, all the different pieces that they're submitting and actually getting, um, ideas for their next either competition pie or the next, uh, menu item. So, uh, you know, raising the the quality of pizza through yeah. in, in independent pizzerias is what we're trying to do. Awesome. And have a good time. <laughs> That's right. And you, you guys certainly do that. Um, you know, we'll be checking in once more before the International Pizza Expo. If everything goes to plan, we'll probably be checking in the mid-March right before you leave. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about the International Pizza Expo then. But we would like to just give a month-out preview of what's going on there, I believe. Um, so do you want to just talk a little bit about the representation you'll have on the ground there, Brian, and some things that people can expect to see from the U.S. Pizza team? Yeah, and I don't have this list in front of me because it's like 24 people long. 
Right. Um, so it's pretty much the top half of that member's profile all the way down. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> we're going to have, I believe, at least uh, 22 competitors, 21 or 22 competitors competing. Um, and this, again, is just the people that reported to me when I asked. And having such a large roster, I can't reach out to everybody individually. So we, uh, but we're gonna ha- also have some people doing demos, like Lenny Rago is gonna be doing a demo for uh, Smithfield. Jamie Culleton's gonna be spinning doughs with his whole crew from the Nono Slice House uh, at the Galbani booth. Um, I believe Derek Tung, and oh Lord, it, I cannot remember who he's doing it for. I guarantee you might see him hanging around with some Mike's Hot Honey guys though. Nice, they. they they work well together for darn sure. They're always hanging out. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to have some of our guys making pizzas, showcasing some of the products that are out there uh, now, uh, either already existed or new. Um, and then we're going to have upwards of, you know, 20 plus guys competing uh, for actually a world championship. It's an international competition with people from Europe. Yeah. So, yep. And all the pizza challenge. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a good time. It's a pretty good competition. They got a couple new events this year too. Um, yeah, what are those? Traditional, they, uni, traditional, and pan. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, I, I guess I didn't read the and pan the first time I saw it. So, um, yeah, I'd be interested to see what people are making in an uni in a pan. So that'll be like pop up pizza artists who are, who are like kind of well versed in yeah. using unis, right? It's kind of giving them a showcase to um, highlight what they do. We get, I get a lot of pop-up people who compete, um, who win. And they're always using the bigger ovens, typically not what they're using, you know, Blackstones, Gosneys, and, you know, Unis and things like that. They also have a new segment called um, Daya Vegan. So it's going to be based, uh, sponsored by at least Daya. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that you know it, it is reaching out to that i mean the expo is nice enough to, because they're they're big enough to be able to house all these different categories run 60 competitors at a time our us pizza team events are much smaller on a much smaller scale currently currently and uh so we are uh basically you know we i'm looking to try to incorporate more of these unique events it's uh, they always beat me to the punch though but um i've been wanting to either do something cuz we have vegan members of our pizza team yeah uh I guess maybe former vegan, um, but people who have spe- specialized in vegan restaurants yeah. and pizzerias, as well as gluten-free um, in the past. So it's always nice to kind of showcase them. And they get left out so much. I mean, gluten-free's gotten a it, – it's received its own category in Italy. Well, it, I don't ever remember there not being a gluten-free. But, again, I've been doing it a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, at least in the last 10 years, they've had a gluten-free, um, maybe a little less. So it's, you know, I don't, I was gonna say, you got to pander or cater to those people. You don't cater to them. You give them an area to showcase their talents because they get left behind and I don't want to say marginalized, but you know, uh, forgotten. Yeah. You know, if time and space, you can only do the, the, the big things. And if we, if we have time and room, we'll do a gluten-free or a, a vegan. So. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and so, what else? Uh, what else are we looking forward to with the US Pizza team, Brian, in the next coming months? Uh, in the coming months, we also have our annual trip to the World Pizza Championships in Parma, Italy. We're yeah. taking a contingent of, I believe, seven competitors at the moment. Um, 
two Galvani Cup champions, one for culinary, one for acrobatics. Uh, McKenna Carney from the Nona Slice House won her spot to represent us in freestyle again. She's fantastic. It's been great to watch her skill level just rocket in the last, you know, maybe four years now. Has it been that long already? No. So three years, I think. So um, excited about that. And the uh, Galvani Cup champion, Niles Peacock, uh, Niles Peacock Kitchen and Bar in Edmonds, uh, Washington, I believe. Yep. Um, he's going out there. He won the culinary section. He actually had to win twice. He won the semifinals. And then had to go again and, and beat out Daniel Sacconi in the finals, who won. Uh, uh, Daniel Sacconi got to the finals with his cheese pizza again. So he's. Which is he's wild. Yeah. Cheese pizza, so, <laughs> yeah. so um, yeah, now Peacock's going to be there. Michael Lamarca, our team captain. We're going to have Tori um, Truppiano um, from Manja Bevy uh, and also Mike Tholem from Manja Bevy. And uh, Jamie Culleton is coming with us as well uh, from the Nona Slice House. And. Vitangelo Recchia of Bella Napoli Pizzeria and Restaurant down in Port Charlotte, Punta Gordo, Florida. One of those, like right on the line. So it's a good quality group of people, smaller this year. And then uh, we do have uh, some of our Smithfield representatives coming with us to kind of see the team and what we do in it. Like, you know, see what their, uh, basically what their sponsorship dollars are working towards, you know. Yeah. Um, Last year, we got up on stage for second place in Pizza Integlia. Vitangelo Recchia got up there. And that's, the first time um, in one of the major categories I remember in a few years that the U.S. has been up there. Actually, I mean, it, some of the other – there have been other U.S. people up on the stage, but our, it's, at least for our team, it's been a long time. So we are very proud of him, and we're excited to see what he can do again this year, as well as Niles. He's a, he's a character. He's fun. Niles is great. I got to talk to him in Orlando, and uh, he's got quite the story. He used to be like a mixologist and – switched over yeah. to pizza during the pandemic who didn't and uh but he but he's really taken it to the next level and mckenna also chatted with her um she's <laughs> if, if you if you haven't seen mckenna do dough throwing she's really a rising star and she's really fun to watch um always seems to have a lot of fun with the song choices and sort of uh everything she she brings to the table well and she's i mean she's always lauded for that but she's actually um been coming out as a culinary competitor for the last couple of years as well. Doing doing pretty well. Uh, putting up some quality. And most of them are vegan recipes because she is vegan. That's right. Yep. But that's also, you know, a unique aspect to her competition side is that she, I mean, she doesn't have to cook a vegan thing, but she chooses to, you know. Yeah. And she tries to compete against people who have the whole menu to choose from. Um, I respect it. I really do. And the stuff coming out is great. I look, I will choose vegan options now since I did the whole vegan fling for a minute. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, I think you mentioned this on the last pod and uh, you, you called yeah. out the Nona slice house, uh, their vegan options. So anybody in Tampa better check. Oh, that. Out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just anywhere in general, I I'll try it now. And, and that, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not sure how integral she was into that recipe, but you know, bravo to everyone involved. <laughs> <laughs> Compliments so, yeah, to the chef. Good. Yeah, good quality group. I think there's only maybe two people who haven't been with us before. So uh, people who are kind of seasoned, um, know what to expect, know where to find what they might need, just, you know, as far as like markets and stuff like that. Hopefully you're coming with a plan. Some don't. Some just walk the markets and figure it out. <laughs> I don't know if anybody on, the, on this current roster does that. I can't remember. But some just do that. And that's, you know it's hard to plan over here because we don't have what they have at, over there all the time. So, you know, meaning what? 
market uh, meats. I mean, you can't get a pepperoni. So I got you. Make with pepperoni, but if, yeah. you know, you, your specialty meats, uh, meats, cheeses, and veggies. There are certain things, different times of years, but a lot, of, you know, just uh, ethnic foods. You know that you, you typically can't find over here unless you go to a, a specialty store. So, um, it also, you know, I mean, first time I went over there, I was trying to do something with large pepperonis, thinking they would be like salamis, but even finding that was hard. Uh, completely changed what I did because the <laughs> the flavors weren't there. You know, it was it was something different. Huh. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's that's I, I, that's why I don't yell at the guys who don't have a plan. Because I, I I understand what it's like to have a plan and get there and have it completely thrown out the window. <laughs> you know, you do it all, you practice it, and it's like, well, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth with some Italian salami, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I might go on the T-shirt this year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll try to do that. Um, had one more thing we we're going to shout out, which is um, we do have there's a competition upcoming in Los Angeles in late August. Yes, currently on the calendar, um, uh, we have we're going to have our U.S. Beach Team Acrobatic Culinary and Acrobatic Competition at, at the Western Food Service Summit or Food Service Show, I believe, in the, the Pizza Tomorrow Pavilion. It's going to be August twenty fifth, August twenty fifth through twenty seventh at the Los Angeles Convention Center, and um, basically it's going to be uh, kind of teasing twenty twenty five's Pizza Tomorrow Summit with the Food Western. Western Food Service show. So basically, we're building up to what we did in Orlando to do in LA in 2025. So, what better way to get people interested than a competition? So, uh, we're getting some people very interested in helping us put on a really good event. We're always also looking for uh, event sponsors. Um, you know, anybody who wants to come out and help us put on this, either with product or um, any kind of you know monetary stuff to help us get the competitors and get this competition the way we want it, as far as uh, you know ovens and things like that. So. Basically, you know, if you want to get out there and be seen with some of the best pizza makers in the country, um, as a sponsor, as a spectator, you gotta you gotta get out there. August twenty fifth through twenty seventh, um, we're gonna it's gonna be three days. So I don't know what to do with myself. This kind of goes back to what <laughs> I was talking about with the yeah. vegan, the vegan and the gluten free. This gives me a little more time to do one of those fun events. So I'm ex- I'm excited to incorporate something that gets left off, you know, due to time constraints. Um, somebody even mentioned the best sauce category and I'm like, yeah, that could be fun. Just let them stew a pot of sauce and people, you know, it, oh, just, just taste a spoonful of the sauce. That sounds incredible. Not even out of pizza, but yeah. So this gives, you know, a little extra time to do one or two extra events on that, that middle day, the second day out of three. And then on the, we'll probably do our classic or traditional or non-traditional, our main event on the first day, the 25th and then 27th. We typically do our freestyle acrobatics, um, although, you know, schedule subject to change. It's out there. But um, I, I, will, I will get the registration up soon. Hopefully, by the next time we do another update, I, I will have a URL for everybody to go register to compete um, and a little more details on it. But right now, that's the plan. And um, super excited. To, we haven't had one in the West Coast since before the pandemic. Uh, hmm. Tori Trupiano of Mangio Bevy, he used to host them at um, – his dad's place, uh, I guess his dad and his place, um, Dominic's in Oceanside, right on the pier. Awesome. That's Smallest awesome. kitchen in the world. Like one <laughs> streamlines, like one and a half guy shoulders widths. And you got all our 3XL pizza team guys trying to compete back there. It added to that chaos. 
and then the judges would be sitting there and the sun setting behind them. So we're not going to have the sun setting behind our judges at the convention center, but we're excited to get some West Coast um, competitors. Yeah. We'd like to make it easier for them than having to fly all the way to Florida. Hey, just come down to LA. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's well said. Uh, well, Brian, this has been a pleasure. Um, our very first US Pizza Team check-in. Appreciate you doing it with us, answering my stupid questions. And um, <laughs> were you going to add one more thing? Yeah, I was going to say, no questions are stupid about the team. Um, if you don't know, it's because um, you don't know, and we want to make you know. So uh, if anybody has questions about the team, Hernandez at wtwhmedia.com. Feel free to email me. Um, but I'm excited to have this platform to kind of keep people a little more updated and in the know about the team. Love it. Well, we appreciate you, buddy, and uh, all you do for the U.S. Pizza team and pizza in general. And uh, thanks for being here. All right. Appreciate it, Charlie. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for listening to the second ever episode of Peel, a PMQ Pizza podcast. PMQ Pizza is property of WTWH Media. Special thanks to Brian Hernandez, who is the driving force behind the show. We appreciate you, buddy. Our theme song was written and composed by Max Pogacar, who happens to be my brother. PMQ Pizza is a team production, so I'd like to shout out the whole team. It is, in no particular order, Rick Heinem, editor-in-chief. Tracy Morin, senior copy editor. Blake Harris, digital production coordinator. Eric Summers, art director. Tom Fumblefingers Boyles, National Sales Manager. Ashley Cyprian, National Sales Manager. Brandy Pinion, Customer Service Representative. PMQ Pizza was founded by Steve and Linda Green. Shout out to the Greens. Thanks again for joining us today, and we'll see you in a couple weeks.